Welcome to our first episode of Podcasting in Place, an attempt to record and share the stories of Dallas residents during the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. My name is Glenn Butterfield. I work for the Dallas Public Library in the Archives History Division as a library associate. I have a background in oral histories and recording and such. And I'm Kristen. I manage the Literature, Language, and Religion Division, and we have a special focus in sharing stories and recording people's stories. And that's why this is so important to me. So each week, we're going to talk with a local who has been directly affected by the pandemic to see how life has changed for them, how Dallas has changed, and what their experiences have been. The views and opinions expressed by our speakers are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Dallas Public Library or the city of Dallas itself. Today, we are going to talk with Ryan. He's an air traffic controller in DFW. He's going to share a little bit with us about his experiences since the pandemic started. So Ryan, why don't you share with us in your own words? You know, it's been very, very surreal, I guess. When it it all first started, I really didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just sort of new, you know, like when we had the bird flu or some of the other stuff that we've, we've gone through in the last 10 years and just thought it was something like that. And so I didn't think anything of it. I lived my normal life and about... Um, I'd say mid-March is when things start getting serious, you know, for the for the country, but also for me, um, that's actually when I had my first symptoms of it, and it's it was simple. It started off with a, a slight cough. I have really severe allergies as well, so I really thought it was just allergies. I've dealt with, this year alone, I've had a case of uh, pretty severe bronchitis and then a mild case, a couple ear infections, so I just thought it was something continuing from that, so I didn't think really think anything of it, and then about a week after developing the cough, I started getting the shortness of breath, and then I used Baylor's, they have a tool where you can go online, punch in some symptoms, and um, they ask you a bunch of questions, and based off your questions, they'll tell you whether you can get a test or not. I think this was like Friday, March 20th, somewhere in there, and um, they told me I couldn't get a test because I didn't have a fever yet. So I went and continued living life. I mean, it's not like, you know, there's no cure for it, so I just stayed at home. I self-quarantined. Um, as far as work was concerned, they'd already put me out on administrative leave, fortunately paid administrative leave, um, just to increase social distancing at work. They put any anybody that they could, they put them out, um, out of the building. I was home, self-quarantined, and a week later, the shortness of breath got pretty severe. Um, I had asthma, too. When I was out walking the dogs is when I noticed it. I live on a third floor, so walking up two flights of stairs, was uh, that was the big indication for me that something was going on. I didn't get a fever until it was probably March 27th is when I actually got the fever. I think it was a Friday night and I really didn't, I felt, I felt okay other than the shortness of breath. And I had been checking my fever or my temperature twice a day. And I had a fever of like 100.4, I think. That's when I did the Baylor system again. And they told me I could come get tested. So the following Monday, I went and got tested. Um, and then I got the positive results two days later. It's funny because I thought knowing would be a big relief or it gives you some sense of giving some sense of comfort. It didn't do any of that. It just proved that what I already knew that I had it. For me, I guess it took a couple more weeks and then I was fully recovered. Once your um, last line of symptoms, you wait three days and then you're free to continue on with life. So it was actually really nice to get out and go to the grocery store, something as simple that uh, I wasn't able to do for almost three and a half weeks. But I guess one of the things that I 
caution people is the whole testing and getting the fever part of it, because a lot of these places, especially here in Texas, I know there's other states will test you just with any symptoms, but I think right now here in Dallas, they'll only test you if you have a fever. And I only had the fever three days in a row, and I only had it between the hours of 4 and 7 p.m. So had I not taken my temperature during that time frame, I would have never known that I had a fever and I would have never been tested. You know, but all the symptoms and everything are different for everybody. The testing is, it's great to know, but it doesn't change anything. If any symptoms, you should be self-quarantining, but it, it, it didn't really change anything. I just, I just knew what I had. Thank you for sharing about that. I'm sure that of was, course. I don't know. It would be scary for me, I guess, if I, if, especially showing symptoms and then not being able to get tested and everything. It's bizarre. I'm glad I got the test. I'm glad I was able to get the test. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't there's no medications. I mean, they can give you, if you have a really bad cough, they can give you medications to focus on the symptoms, but not the cause. So for me, I was really concerned because of the asthma. I was afraid that it was going to linger for a really long time, but I was actually able to start working out again a week and a half ago. I started working out again, and other than being out of shape because I haven't been working out for a month, really no, no side effects from it as far as I can tell so far. That's good. Ryan and I are, are friends, and I saw on his Facebook page that he had covid and I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm very worried and everything. So I just wondered, like, I feel like not everyone would choose to put that out on social media. Um, is there, you know, is there any kind of responses that you had from it that were surprising or anything? Or No, I wouldn't say surprising. I tend to put a lot on social media. I think one of the things I have noticed is during quarantine, I tend to put a lot more out there out of boredom. I put a lot of that stuff out there. More, it's just a, I don't know if I want to call it a public service announcement, but I don't think people are taking this as seriously as they should be and understanding why we're doing what we're doing. And for them, for someone to find out that someone they know has it, I think it creates something in their minds that, okay, well, this is actually real. This person could have gotten really sick. This person could have been in the hospital, could have been in ICU, could have needed a ventilator and we didn't have one. You know, fortunately, none of that happened to me. And as far as I know, nobody in my immediate or friends of friends have had that happen to them. I know of people who know people that have, I mean, I have friends that work for an airline. They've lost five crew members. I think putting it on Facebook kind of gives people that that realization that that it's real. I mean, it is happening to people. And yes, most people do recover, but some don't. Okay. So, I mean, and I know you were talking about your coworkers and losing crew and stuff. I mean, in your talking to other people in your industry, is that kind of what, what it's like for everybody right now? Or do you think that was just kind of like the Dallas area? This was actually, so I, I'm air traffic control. These were um, flight attendants and pilots and, and that group. Um, again, I know a lot of people within the industry and it's public knowledge. I mean, anyone can look it up, but um, I think JetBlue has lost five flight attendants. Um, they have a pretty strong base in New York City. Well, they're their headquarters in New York City, and they've lost five flight attendants from from COVID. It is serious, and and especially in you know like the epicenter, New York City. Here in Dallas, um, I don't know. I don't know of anybody personally that have passed away because of that. But I do know I have friends that know friends that have been in ICU. Um, one of them was in ICU for 14 days. Again, I don't know them personally, but I know friends that know them. You know, it, it's real. I really, I really wish people would take it more seriously. Um, you know, I live in downtown Dallas. I try not to judge when I see people out walking in big groups or, uh, you know, I have I see people out playing football or Frisbee and 
I understand the frustration. Um, you know, for me, I also have a little, I deal with anxiety. And so over the last couple of days, especially the last couple of days, for whatever reason, I've started having a really big anxiety, almost panic attack type thing. So I get why people need to feel this need and urge to get out and be with friends and be with groups. And, and like I said, I try not to judge because maybe they live together. So that's fine. They're allowed to do that. But I, I just really urge people to be careful. You know, all it takes is for you to be carrying this and go visit your grandmother and not even realize that you're carrying it. And she has to, or, you know, your grandfather, they have an underlying condition. And the next thing you know, they're in the ICU dying because of you. And you can't, and you can't go see them. You can't visit them. You know, I read a story yesterday. I've been trying not to obsess about this whole thing, but I do read a lot of a nurse who was in the ICU with a patient and had to FaceTime the family as the patient passed away because the, the family can't be, you can't be with your dying family members during this. I just wish and, and I hope that people really take this seriously. When, when you did the administrative leave and the self-quarantine and everything, what did you do with yourself? I mean, because I mean, being an air traffic controller, that's not really something you can do from home. So did you, what, what did you do to pass the time? Start reading books. Um, I'm not much of a book reader, but I did start reading books, watching TV, catching up on my DVR. Um, I have shows on there from uh, two years that I haven't caught up on yet. So I've been trying to do some of that. And I've also been working on my personal trainer certificate. Um, so I've been studying that and playing games. Uh, one of the one actually one of the coolest things that I would have to say about I guess to highlight something positive from all this I'm a big music person as well and uh, I've had to unf- unfortunately miss a lot of concerts because of all this but one of the great things that's going on is a lot of artists are doing online concerts whether it be um, I know Melissa Etheridge does a concert from her home every single day and so I've been watching a lot of those um, last night one of my groups a band called Joseph they did a, a live thing on PBS. Um, so I've been watching a lot of those. There's this one woman, she is from the Faroe Islands. She does a show every Saturday. So I've been catching up on a lot of music, which has been not as awesome as it would be to be you know, at the concert, but still pretty cool to be able to see them perform. And it, it gives it such a, a different kind of perspective. They're performing from their living rooms or their, you know, some office in their, in their house. So it's, it's kind of a cool, neat way to see. Since you are recovered, and I know according to, like, guidelines, you can, um, you know, you don't have to quarantine anymore or anything. Do you feel, like, safe or comfortable going out since you know you've had it and you can't get it or get it, give it to anyone else? Or have you been, like, still trying to follow the same social distancing rules everyone else has? That is the question of all time. Let me tell you, I it's hard because every, I mean, there's so much we don't know about COVID. So a lot of studies have shown that once you get it, you can't get it again. It's like any other virus. You build immunity to it. Um, antibodies to it. We don't know for sure if that's 100% accurate. You know, there are stories coming from China where people are testing positive again for it. What I read is that that's because they are, um, the, t- the tests are so sensitive that it's still picking up remnants of what you have in your system, although and you're not technically infected and you cannot spread it, you still technically test um, the anti- or the test still will show up positive. So there's a lot of I don't want to say misinformation. There's just a lot of unknowns, I guess, about it. So for me, I have tried to live a little bit more normal. Um, I do stay at home most of the time. Uh, but like this past weekend, I went for a 20-mile bike ride. Um, I, I went out one other time. Um, a couple, my partner and two of our other friends, we all had it at the same time. 
like we've all already had it. And so we went out, I went for a walk on the Kitty Trail together. And next I went off on for a bike ride. Um, other than that, really, you know, go to the grocery store, go to Target. To, oh, I have gone to see my chiropractor. But really, I, I'm not going to push it, but I'm also, you know, trying to go based on science and guidelines and, and follow what I have to. But I also at this point know, know you know, as far as we know, I can't spread it no longer. I can't catch it no longer. Um, so I, I, I'm i trying to trying to be cautious. I, I used to wear a mask when I'm out about. Try to follow guidelines, but definitely still getting out there and, and trying to live in the, the new normal. Yeah, for sure. The, the um, current normal. <laughs> the current normal. I like that better than the new normal. I don't like yeah, that. Okay, well, and it's, and, it's, and it's always going to be changing. I mean, what we what we feel and what what life is like today will be different next Monday or Tuesday, and then the following week it'll be different. We just we just and the, and the, I think that's that's probably the hardest part about all this is the unknown. You know, like right for me right now, I'm waiting any minute this week for an announcement from the governor or the mayor or you know Judge Jenkins about what we're going to do next. You know, because the 30th is coming up in nine days, so what's next? And, you know, Dallas has been pretty good about keeping people informed. So I'm pretty sure something will come out this week. But, you know, it's, it's what's next? What are we what are we doing next? You know, and I, and I keep track of how many days this has been going on. And I've been, today's day 34 that I've been home on corn, well, on stay-at-home orders, I guess. And, and I know that, like, no matter what you've been going through with that, it's hard and it affects people in different ways and everything. I don't know. I would like, <laughs> I feel like in your, like, walking on the Katy Trail or something, there's so much um, controversy around all of that right now because people are getting too close and everything. And it's like you would want to hold a sign or something like, I'm okay, <laughs> you know? Well, and it's funny and, because it's almost like, you know, again, I'm, I'm not much of an avid reader, but I remember the Scarlet Letter. You know, it's like kind of like, do I wear a letter around that? you know, with a big I or something that says I've been infected or V for, or C for COVID or V for virus. I don't know. I mean, do I have to wear something to let people know it's okay to be near me? I've already had it. I can't catch it. I'm, I'm good. Honestly, do think that's where we're going to end up going as the future progresses, as we try and get uh, society moving again. Because, you know, there, there a lot of people argue this whole piece of, well, I'm healthy. Let me just get it and get it over with and move on. There's some science-based piece of that, that inevitably people are going to get this virus no matter what. I think the piece that people are forgetting is why we're doing the quarantine, and that's to not overrun our hospitals and our nurses and doctors so that people can be treated. I think people forget that the real, I shouldn't say the real world, but the the rest of the world still continues on despite what is happening. So people are still having heart attacks. People are still getting into car accidents, people are still going to a hospital for other reasons, too. So the hospitals aren't just dealing with COVID, and we've got to be careful not to overrun the hospitals so that we can keep treating everybody. That is part of what I think people aren't grasping. I think people are starting to feel, you know, we've been this in, for over a month now, so people are starting to feel this anxiety, this what is this all for? I don't have it. I don't know anybody that has it. So why am I staying at home? Why can't I go do this? Or why can't I go to the bars? And I think people are forgetting, well, I'll go. one of my theories is because this is becoming all politicized now, but people are forgetting why we're doing this and why we need to keep doing this. When it doesn't touch you personally, I think um, you do forget. It's easy to, you're like, well, nobody is sick, but that's like why we're staying home is so that right. nobody can. <laughs> well, and it's and it's hard too because it, you know I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual person. So for me, when I see 
to commercials or I see somebody post something on Facebook of this family member's been in the hospital and they show a picture of somebody in the ICU or you see, I forget what channel is doing, the commercial with all the, the nurses and doctors with all the, the mask cars on their faces from wearing the masks every day. Uh, you see that and it becomes emotional and it becomes real for me. And I just don't know how much of society is paying attention to that and the reality of what this is. And clearly sure. there's a group a group of people that aren't um, with all this protesting going on in the last week or so. To finish off, I want to get everyone to share something positive they've seen or experienced since this has all happened, since the news has been kind of a bummer lately, <laughs> to say the least. As hard as this is, as, as stressful as this can be, you know, like I said, with, with my anxiety, it, there are days where... This is fine. I can I can live like this. This is okay. I, I got this. And there are days where I come into my, you know, where I get really anxious about all of it. But I think a lot of what it has done is made me realize the the people that I have in my life that I truly love and truly miss. Um, I miss seeing them every day, or maybe not every day, every week. Um, I miss hanging out with them. Um, even if it's something as simple as, you know, I'm on a, a softball league and I miss my softball team. Um, I miss the camaraderie. I miss hanging out with people. But it really makes you, I think coming out of this, I will really take a look at friendships and, and relationships with people and, and really value and hold those people closer because it's that old cliche, you don't, you don't know what you have until it's gone. It's, I'm doing now. I really feel... Yeah, you know, I miss my friends. I, I really miss. I, I mean, of course, we Zoom or we, you know, chat on. I mean, we, I have probably fifteen group texts going on just to keep everybody, you know, in touch with one another. But it's not the same. It's not the same as hanging out and you know, giving your best friend a big hug and saying, "Hey, I miss you." I think coming out of this, I, I would definitely look at relationships and friendships and, and really take them to heart a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel the same. So before we go, Glenn, do you have any final questions? No, I think he's pretty well kind of covered everything I wanted to hear about. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you well, so much, Ryan. Yeah, no problem. If you have any follow-ups, just let me know if you want to. Yeah. Um, uh, it's actually kind of fun. I enjoy talking. Well, I'm a <laughs> really... when, once you get me started, it's hard to stop. So. Right. It was really good to hear from you and talk to you. Um, yeah, thank you. And you're um, glad you're healthy again. And thank you. Um, hopefully I will see you when this is all yes, somewhat yes, we, we will have to do something once we can, once we can yeah. hang out again. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, Ryan. So, Glenn, what did you think about what Ryan had to say? I think he had a lot of really interesting things to say, but I think one of the best things he brought up was his self-quarantining. I think that was a really good move on his part. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I appreciate that he shared with us how hard the staying at home has been for him because I know it's been really difficult for a lot of people so I and it's important to remember you know and even now like that he maybe could safely go out in public without a mask or things like that since he's had COVID-19 and recovered he's still being careful and I feel like it's good that he's setting it you know an example for the rest of us. Definitely. And I think it was it was very interesting him pointing out the anxiety and starting to feel about it. Because I think I think we can all relate to that to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely not easy. And I mean, I keep thinking about how much I would just love to give some of my friends a hug right now because you can't, you know. So that was this week's episode of Podcasting in Place. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. If you have a story that you'd like to share or like to be on the air. There's an email address you can contact in our episode notes. Thanks.
Be safe out there. Thank you for tuning in.